Thanks for coming out tonight. This is our um, our Hunter's Creek Community Bible Study or Outreach. We are not a church. Uh, we are members of Calvary Chapel of South Orlando. And we are a ministry there that what our basic function is is just to come into the neighborhood and give you, uh, give you a place to come and, and worship the Lord during the week and, and learn about His Word. I'm not a pastor, um, simply a member of the body of Christ that, uh, feels that the Lord has called me, called me to, to teach. So, and quite, quite candidly, the, the scripture says that God is not a respecter of persons, right? Amen. So any of us can teach His Word. I mean, there really isn't any qualification for teaching the Word of God. Um, simply just to spend time with the Lord. And really, if we spend time with somebody, we get to know them more and more, right? And that's what God wants us to do with Him. So, I'd like you to, uh, in preparation for our study, open up your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 5. That's 1 Peter chapter 5. And then put your... Put your finger there and open to the book of Amos, chapter 3. The book of Amos is in the Old Testament and uh, one of the minor prophets. GD's going to get everybody laughing in this place today. (laughs) So let's pray. Father, we give you thanks and praise for this day. Lord, we give you thanks for this time that we spend in your word. Lord, let it fill us, let it feed us. And Lord, let us not walk out the same way we walked into this place. Holy Spirit, we invite you into this place and we welcome you here. Let the words that are spoken tonight not be of a man, but be direct from your Holy Spirit, Lord God. Anoint us, anoint your servant, that there be more of you and less of me. Give you thanks, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. So, Do you pray, P-R-A-Y, or are you pray, P-R-E-Y? Now you guys didn't know, we live in a pretty modern society, you don't think of yourselves as pray, do you, unless you go out hunting, or you go out into the Everglades, or what have you, you don't think of yourself as pray. But, that's not what the Word says. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, it tells us, that our adversary, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion, to see whom he can devour. Now the interesting thing about this devil, of course, is you can't see him. You see a devil around here? I don't see no devil around here. But in the book of Amos, it says, does not a lion roar in the forest when he has prey? We are considered prey to the enemy. And the scripture tells us that we need to be very, very careful. The scripture also tells us that we're in a war. Okay, when you, you, did you know that when you became a believer, you were made a member of God's army? The scripture says that the battle is the Lord's, but guess what? He says that he's going to use you and me as his battle axe. So, it's very, very important that we learn about this war that we're in, right? And how do we do that? Well, we learn we learn in several ways. Of course, we study the word, okay? But we also, well, we we also pray. 
And it's, it's, the difference here is prayer, as we learned last week, is communication with God. It's a way for us to, to talk to God and for us to, 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 to know what God would, would have us do. Now, it's, when, when I go over to one of your houses or one of you guys come over to mine, you know, it's, it's a thing where, hey, you know, you can, you can see me and I can hear you and, <laughs> and, uh, and, and, <laughs> For those of you hearing hearing the uh, the podcast, I'm I'm blind, so uh, I, I I can't see many of the people here. But uh, but the, the the thing that's that's interesting is we don't necessarily see the Lord all the time. So basically, what we need to do is we need to get in touch with the Lord. And how does He do that? Well, He does that through His Holy Spirit. Okay, tell him I'm not here. And so, <laughs> so basically, now there there are a couple things here about about prayer. Can can anybody pray? Well, sure, anybody can can pray. But let's go back here to uh, to First Peter chapter three. What we learn here is that you need, you need to be righteous to be able to pray and for God to hear your prayers. We talked last week about how, you know, how sometimes we, everybody gets to a point in our lives where they say, well, all we can do now is pray. All we can do now is pray. And basically, you know, the, the, the reality is that, that what we should do as believers, the first thing we should do is pray. The book of James says you have not because you ask not. And sometimes it's, it's really just that simple. It's, it's very simple to just go to God and say, God, you know, I, I need this. Now, prayer isn't something that you, that you do all the time when you just, you know, you just want something that you know you're going to get. I mean, we all know that we're going to wake up tomorrow morning and we're going to have breakfast. So we don't wake up and say, well, God, give me breakfast. You know, we, we know that we're going to have breakfast. When you pray, you're praying and you're asking God, to basically come into your situation and give you something that normally you would not have. In James chapter 5, though, in verse 16, it says that the effective prayers of a righteous man avail much. Okay, and or they can accomplish much. And what that what the, the key word here is is righteous. We can't be out there and, and, and doing things that are against the Lord and, and against his commandments. And expect God to do anything on our behalf. As a matter of fact, the, the scripture says that, that we, we can't do these things because he doesn't, he, he can't even hear our prayers. I, I can show you. Turn to Isaiah 59. Chapter 59 verse 2. It says, but your iniquities have made a separation between you and God. And God literally hides his face from you. And what else? And he doesn't hear. Wow, that's, that's, that's pretty serious. It's so serious that God actually refers to prayer from people that are in sin as an abomination. That's, that's pretty interesting because we have people that, that, that just say, well, you know, 
I, I know that I need to get this way and I need, to, I need I know I need to get better with the Lord in that respect or the other respect, but, but you know, I, He understands. And when did you become an authority on God, man? He understands? What, 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 what book are you reading? Because you're not reading the same book that I'm reading. I mean, I just showed you here that, that basically you, 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 you have to get away from your, from your iniquities for God to even hear your prayers. Right? So, and, and, and what are these iniquities? Well, they're basically His law. Thou shalt not, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not murder, thou shalt not commit fornication. I mean, I know we've all been guilty of this at some point, and God will not be mocked. Now, obviously, obviously, we, we're a work in progress, right? When we came to the Lord, you know, we were, <laughs> A, a, a pastor I used to go to the church down in Miami, he used to say, hey Mikey, you know, it, 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 it takes Jesus a second to get you out of Egypt, but it takes him a lifetime to get Egypt out of you, right? So, so basically, I mean, the, the renewal of your mind is a lifetime process. And the word says that the good work he has begun in you will be completed in the day of Jesus Christ, which means either when you're raptured away, or when you die and you go to meet the Lord, right? Let's get into a little more cheerful subjects. <laughs> let's turn to, to Luke 11. And let's see how, how do we pray? And as you see here in Luke 11, the disciples came to him and they asked him, teach us how to pray as John taught his disciples. Now, isn't that interesting? Here, these guys are with the creator of the universe. And, and this is something that, that, that struck me kind of interesting. Yet, and, and they've seen him do this and they've seen him do that. I mean, we're, we're, we're in chapter, you know, chapter 11 of Luke. So 11 chapters of Jesus' life have gone by here, right? And they're saying, hey man, we, we want you to do it like that guy. How many times don't we go to God and tell God what to do? Well, God, I want you to do this for me, but I want you to do it this way. You know, isn't it, let thy will be done? But no, we want our will to be done. And when we don't, well, you know, what happens? The word says that God gives us the desires of our heart that are according to his will. See, let me let you guys in on a secret. When you became a Christian, you don't belong to you anymore. You were bought with a price. God sent down his only begotten son to pay for you. It should have been us hanging up on that cross 2,000 years ago. Because the, the Bible says that anyone who breaks any of God's laws or commandments is guilty of all. The Hebrews, they, they had just gotten out of Egypt, you know, and, and they, were, they were tired of... Do you, do you remember reading in the Old Testament when these guys would wake up in the morning and they'd do something the wrong way, man, and God would send down a plague and kill 10,000 of them in one shot, you know? They finally got to the point where they said, look, Moses, you go talk to him. We don't want to talk to him anymore. You know, you go talk to him and tell him to give us a, a set of rules and regulations. They didn't say, tell him to give us mercy and give us grace. No. They said, hey, go tell the man to give us some rules and regulations. God said, oh, really? You want that? Okay. Here's 630 some odd laws for you. And you can read all about those in the book of Leviticus. I mean, it's, 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 
you know, I've read instruction manuals for putting together models that are easier to read than that. And God said, and, and you can be righteous <laughs> if you follow each one of these, every single one of these. But the interesting thing is, if you break one, you're guilty of breaking them all. Wow. Who can, who can live by those, who can live by those rules? And that's exactly the point, right? That was what God was trying to do. They say that the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed, and the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. So if you look from Genesis to Revelation, man, Jesus' fingerprints are all over it. They start talking about Jesus as early as, I believe it's Genesis chapter 3 or so, or 2 in there. It's very early on that the scripture starts talking about Jesus. And it's of course only until the New Testament that we finally found out. But all the way through the Psalms, all through the Proverbs, Jesus' coming was declared. And the mercy and the grace of the Lord was declared. Folks, we're, in a, we're, what they, we're not in a dispensation right now of law. We're in what they call the dispensation of grace. But God will not, he will not strive with man forever. God will, there will come a day of judgment for this world. Anybody within the sound of my voice, if you're not right with God today, there's, there's a lot more than your prayers not being heard that could get in the way of you actually spending eternity with Jesus Christ. You know, it's, it's interesting. Some people, some people are, uh, believe this once saved, always saved deal. How many people here believe that you're once saved, always saved? Well, I'll, exp- I'll explain. The scripture doesn't really point that out. Yes, you were sealed. Yes, you were bought with a price. But you know, that our, say- our being saved is by grace through faith. Through faith. And faith is action, Right? So you need to walk in that faith. You need to, you need to believe that by faith. And, how, and Jesus said, if you follow my, my, my commandments, then you're my friends. And if you love me, you'll follow my commandments. So basically, the, the fact is that I, I believe it's very difficult to lose your salvation. So people say, well, you know, the, and there's of course the people that say, well, if, if somebody loses their, their salvation, it's because they never had it to begin with. I, I believe, in, and, and as I, I, I follow more and more and, and study more and more about the scripture, that you can lose your salvation if you get into something really bad after you get saved. I'm talking about, you know, getting into black magic or, or going out and starting to murder people or, you know, just doing some really, really, really heinous, heinous things. To where it's like, hey, you know, God will not be mocked. You know, and he says, and, 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 and actually, it, it shows in the scripture where those who once knew the word and turned away, it would be better for them that they never heard the word to begin with. Because they're worse off the second time than they were the beginning. That implies to me that, hey man, there may just be the possibility that there's no coming back. That... Now, granted, the, the, word, the scripture says, judge, lot, judge not lest ye be judged. Right? And people always say, well, judge not lest ye be judged. What the word, what judged means actually in that case is, condemn not lest ye be condemned. And I'm certainly not here to say, oh, this person's going to hell and that person's going to hell. There's only one who allows someone to go to hell or not. And that's actually you. God made hell for, for Satan and his demons. He didn't make it for mankind. But because of man's disobedience, 
of course, God cannot look upon unrighteousness and upon sin. So this is, this is why hell is there. And God sent His only begotten Son to give His life for you so as the, as the unblemished sacrifice of God. He lived a totally sinless life, y'all. And then He died on a cross in our place. And here, if you turn with me to Matthew 6, He says, He teaches us actually how to pray the disciples' prayer. Okay, a lot of people call the Our Father or Our Father who art in heaven. They, they, they think that that is the Lord's Prayer. That's not the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer is actually in John chapter 17. Okay, and if you want, you can, uh, you can make a note of that. It's, it's, uh, I didn't include it in your notes tonight, but because it's very long, it's the entire chapter 17 of John. And that is really Jesus' prayer to the Father on our behalf. Here in verse 9 of Matthew chapter 6, um, Jesus is teaching the disciples how to pray. And, and the interesting thing is last week we learned that there's several different types of prayer, right? There's, there's, uh, there's a prayer of thanksgiving and praise. And we, we did that as we came into this place today. We thanked God. We praised Him for His presence in this place. We invited His Holy Spirit here. We sang some songs. And, and, and we just brought ourselves into the, into the presence of the Lord. Right? And that's thanksgiving and praise. Then there's prayers of petition. And that's where we pray for ourselves and for fellow believers and, and, and ask for, for what we, for what we want the Lord to do for us and for, and for those in the body. And then of course we have, we have the, the, the prayers of intercession. And that's where we literally stand in the gap or do what Jesus did for mankind. Do you know Jesus stood in the gap for you at Calvary? That's exactly what he was doing. He was taking on the sins of the world. He was standing in the gap. And what we do when we stand in the gap is we say, Father, we pray for so-and-so. And we, we, we claim their salvation, Lord. And we, we declare, we, we confess their sins to the Father and ask Him to forgive them and to, to have the, the Holy Spirit convict them of their sin and, 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 and of His love and, 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 and bring them into the kingdom. And, and actually, this is a form of spiritual warfare. So basically, here in the, in the, uh, in the disciples' prayer, it's our, it starts out, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Now this is recognizing God for who he is. He's our Father. Now that, that may strike people kind of bad because, you know, wow, I, I didn't have a real good relationship with my father. I mean, my father was just a mean guy and he, was a, and he, wasn't, he wasn't a very nice person. But I'm here to tell you that you have a heavenly father who knew you before the foundation of the world. He's the perfect father. And if you are missing or having a bad relationship with your father today, Father God wants to have a relationship with you that just knocks out any kind of earthly relationship you've ever had. Hallowed be thy name, because he's the name above all names. The name that fills heaven and the earth and the universe and the galaxies. The name at which every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord because Jesus and the Father and, and the Holy Spirit are one. So see here in, in chapter 9 we're, we're actually praising God. And this is a prayer of, 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 of recognition. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. 
And then Jesus speaks of the glorious thing that he's, that, that he's about, that he's going to do. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Because God's will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Now here's a prayer of petition. Give us this day our daily bread. We count on God for our daily bread. Right? And forgive us our debts as we forget the debts or the trespasses of others. Do you know that if you don't forgive other people, God can't forgive you? You're not forgiving other people. I mean, people do some pretty hurtful things to us, don't they? You know, but you know what, folks? We can, we can be just as bad right back. Well, you did this to me. Well, yeah, but you did that to them. Every time I've ever come to the Lord and spoken to the Lord and said, well, Lord, so-and-so did this and that and the other and the other. And what about you? You know, the, the Bible always and the cross always points us back to us. And we're always supposed to do to others. Jesus, when Jesus, uh, when Peter went to Jesus and said, how many times must I forgive my brother? Seven? Jesus said, no. Seven times 70. Which basically didn't mean 495. Hey, I'm keeping count, dude. It's been 331 times. <laughs> no. It's not like that. Basically what Jesus was saying to Peter was, hey man, as many times as your brother stumbles and falls, Pick him up, dust him off, and say, come on, and restore that one in love back to relationship so that your prayers not be hindered. Tonight's teaching is all about prayer. Do you understand that unforgiveness blocks God from being able to do anything for you? Your prayers don't go past the ceiling if you have unforgiveness in your heart and especially if you have unforgiveness towards another one of God's kids. Okay, you cannot walk around and think that you can hate your neighbor, hate your boss, hate your wife, hate your kids, hate your pastor, hate people at church, and actually think that God's going to care about what you have to say. Because he's going to turn, as we learned earlier, he's going to find your prayers to be an abomination. That's an abomination. That's what God says whenever he sees an abomination. Disgusting. Sorry, I get a little riled up. <laughs> Chapter in, in verse 13. And do not lead us into temptation. Uh, yeah. God doesn't lead any man into temptation. And thou shalt, and no one shall tempt the Lord thy God. But deliver us from evil, evil. For thine is the power. Jesus said, you do what I will do and more, for I go to the Father. Which basically means, hey, I'm going to give you all the power, all the glory that I have, and I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to assign it to you, to the believer. Here, here is, here is a, a serious, serious secret that it just came to me recently realizing that, you know, Jesus had to be all man and, and he had to be and he was all God, they say, right? But really, when Jesus came and walked the earth, he had to be all man. If he wasn't, then it would not have been a fair battle. Then, because he, hey, if he would have been God, have been sure, cross, no problem. Let's do it. Let's do this. Cross, come on, take me, come on, let's do it. No, no. As a matter of fact, in the Garden of Gethsemane, 
it, it shows that he was, he, he said, Father, look man, if there's any other way that this could happen, you know, it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of funny, but at the same time, he was sweating blood. Sweating blood, science, science has shown, is a sign of extreme anxiety. Jesus did not go to the cross with a big old grin on his face. The scripture says that he rejoiced in the joy set before him in the cross, but he rejoiced in the spirit. But in the flesh, in his man part, in the part that was tempted of every area, he was suffering just like we would suffer if we were going to the cross. If he wouldn't have suffered, it wouldn't have been fair. Now why do I say this? Well, because as I started thinking about this, I started realizing that Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. So wait a minute. So then, not just a few things that Jesus did, but everything that Jesus did, we can do, because He said, I leave, but I leave for you a helper. He left that same Holy Spirit that He had. Think about this, y'all. And if you get your head around it and get it into your spirit, it's like... Mm. Because... Really think about it for a minute. That same Holy Spirit that raised Lazarus from the dead after he had been dead for three days, four days, I forget which one. The same Holy Spirit that made the girl get up and, 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 and cook food, the, the, the 12-year-old girl that was, uh, that was dying in her bed. The same Spirit that made, that made the blind man see Okay, the, all, the same Holy Spirit that Jesus had, He left it for us. Why on earth are Christians walking around with a long face? You've got so much power, man. You've got so much power in your prayers, in your mouth. The problem is that a lot of us don't realize just how much power we have in our words. Did you know that Jesus said... If you have enough faith and you speak to this mountain and tell it be cast into the sea, that it shall be cast into the sea. Did he say, if you push this mountain? Did he say, if you knock it down? If you send a bulldozer? If you hurricane? If you, if you, if you, uh, you know, if you can manipulate the weather? No. He said, if you speak. So that means that your, your speech, your faith-filled words, that are within God's wills, can literally move mountains. What's your mountain today? Is your mountain sickness? Is your mountain not having a job? Is it a, an addiction that you have? Is it just something that if any of us knew it here, we would say, oh man, that's a horrible mountain you got there. Well, I can tell you that your God and my God is bigger than any mountain you could ever possibly have in your life, folks. And really, I mean, it just stands to reason. If not, why believe in God to begin with? I mean, really, why, why bother? You know, that if, if, if God, if you understand God, because people say, well, I, I don't understand that. How, how, could God, how could God fix my circumstances with me just speaking? Well, you know, I don't know. I don't understand that. You know, some, some teachers will sit there and go, oh yes, well it makes all the sense in the world because God spoke the world into existence and, and He spoke it and it was and in seven days and He spoke the sun and the moon and the stars. Yeah, but that's God. 
And I'm me, a sinner, and I can't speak. Well, wait a minute. Yeah, I can speak. I can speak to mountains, and they move. Wow. That's really, really, really amazing. I'll tell you a couple of secrets, though, because some people say, well, you know, I've, I've been praying for this, and, and I've been praying for that, and, and, and it just doesn't seem, to, doesn't seem to, to be working for me. The last place here is Luke chapter 11. Luke 11. And I say to you, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened to you. Wow. Let's look at this. This is is a really, really powerful powerful thing Jesus is saying here. Ask. How many of us just go to God and say, well, God, I, I asked this and Jesus' name and that's it. Well, sometimes that's all it takes. But sometimes, how, how many of you guys have kids? I, I've, got, I've got five of them. So I've got just a little bit of experience. And when my kids, I, my kids right now, they range from, at the time of this recording, they range from 18 to 18 months. Okay, and, and when one of my kids comes to me and says, Dad, I, I saw this cool thing, man, and I want it really bad, you know? And I, I say, really? What, what is it? So I'll show it to me. Oh, look at this, Dad. It's this new, you know, it's, it's a new art set or a new, you know, video game or, or something. And I, I really want it. And I say, oh, okay. Cool. And that's it. Well, you gonna get it for me, Dad? Hold on, I got a phone call, kid. (laughs) Hold on, got a phone call. So you wait a couple days, you know, and you talk it over with the wife, and you know, you know, David says he wants this, or Kelly says she wants that, or Roxana says she wants that, you know, and you know, and you talk it over with with the wife, and, and. and the kid comes back a couple days later. Hey, look, Dad! Look, look, look! Here's the look. I, I went to the newspaper and I cut out the picture. Look, look! Here's the here's the look. And they're they're having a special on it right here. Here's a, a twenty dollar off coupon. I say to myself, Wow, this kid must really must really want it, you know? So 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 you gonna get it for me, Dad? Oh, oh, there's the phone again, kid. Sorry, you know. And so we wait a little bit, and then and then one day when he least expect it. You and your wife, or you and your husband, sneak off to the store, and you go get that thing that that kid wanted so bad, and you just, you know, we, we don't want to spoil our kids, so we look for a good reason to give it to them. We sit there and go, hmm, what can I come up with? What's a, what's a good, you took out the garbage this morning. Yeah, that's, there you go. That's a good one. You know, you took out the garbage this morning, so here, what did we make that kid do? We made him seek after what he wanted, because, I mean... Kids are like the driven wind sometimes, you know, that they'll, they'll want this or they'll want that, and especially the way that advertising is today on television. I mean, my little three-year-old looks at everything on television, Daddy, I want that. Mommy, go get that for me at the store. Kids are going to always want something, but it's when they seek after something that you really start to understand where their little hearts are at. And you know, the Lord is that same way with us. He wants us, yes, he's going to ask. I mean, hey, you know, if you just lost your job and you go to the Lord and you say, Lord, I just lost my job. And God says, duh. But, you know, he, 
and I need a new job. Well, God, God knows you need a new job, so, so God is going to start opening doors for you. But sometimes, you have to seek. God is going to do that same thing that we do to our kids, to us. He's going to make us sit there and, and, and get with Him and, 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 and pray and spend time because God likes nothing more than to spend time with His kids. You know, God has no grandkids. God has only sons and daughters. That's it. God's got no grandkids. It really is a thing that God loves to spend time with us and we need to seek after things. You know, when, when you met that special person in your life, and you know, you know that, you know, there's that chemistry there, you know, and they're, they're a great person to be with, and you like having, having them around, and they, they have great conversations with you, and you guys laugh a lot, and you giggle a lot, and, and really, deep down inside, you say, you know, I, I could, I could really spend time with this person. I could spend the rest of my life with this person. Lord, would you bless me with giving, giving me the opportunity, if it's your will, to spend the rest of my life with this person? How many of us don't do that once, maybe twice, but the flesh gets involved? And we say, well, we're going to go do it. Go get hitched. We're going to go get married. We're going to just go do it. You know? Well, wait a minute. Didn't you ask the Lord? You know, and people say, well, how do you know when God answers you? Well, that's where the Holy Spirit comes in. See, Jesus said, I leave for you a helper. Okay? Or the comforter, the helper, the spirit of truth. And I really believe <clears throat> that you can save a lot of time in your prayer life by praying through the Holy Spirit. We don't pray to the Holy Spirit. We pray through the Holy Spirit. We don't ask Jesus for anything. We ask the Father. Jesus said, if you ask the Father anything in my name, he shall give it to you. How many of us, and I've seen people literally do this. People go, well, Jesus, I need you to give me this. And I need you to... No. That's incorrect. Now, God is not a legalist. Okay? And God's going to meet you, you know, meet you where you're at. However, we need to learn to rightly divide the Word of God. The Bible says to not just be hearers of the Word, but doers as well. You know, we ask the Lord something... The way we ask it is we ask the Holy Spirit. Now, this is the interesting thing about the Holy Spirit and Jesus. Do you know that the Bible says that Jesus is interceding on behalf of the saints? Okay. So what happens is when you go to the Father and you say, Father, I want this. I'm seeking for that. And Jesus, and you say, Jesus, help me here. Agree with me. See, the Bible says that a three-strand cord can't be broken. So when you agree, watch this, with Jesus, and when you agree with the Holy Spirit, and I believe that the Holy Spirit knows the will of the Father, to the degree that the Father, of course, lets him know. There are certain things that the Holy Spirit doesn't know that nobody knows. No man, for example, knows when Jesus is coming but the Father, right? But when it comes to your life, Jesus said he's going to send you a helper. So if you go and you pray for something without asking the Holy Spirit's direction, it's, it just doesn't make sense. You're going to spend hours and hours spinning your wheels, man. And you're going to spend hours and hours actually spinning God's wheels as well. This is why a relationship is so important with the Holy Spirit. And if you don't know, right after the teaching today, you can ask me and we can talk about the Holy Spirit and we'll, 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 we'll hook you up. 
we'll, we'll tell you how to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And yes, you did get the Holy Spirit when you got saved, but actually getting in touch with the Holy Spirit and being what they call born of the Spirit or being baptized in the Holy Spirit is something that is apart from the salvation experience. Now, I don't know what background you come from, but my Bible says that one must be born of the Spirit as well, which shows me that that the born-again experience and being born of the Spirit and being, and being born of water, which is baptism, are three different processes. They don't all happen at one time. <clears throat> Back to seek. When we seek the Lord, we're asking the Lord for direction. Give, give me this person. Let me, let me, Lord, is it in your will for me to be with that person? I, I've heard stories of, of, of women and, and that have prayed and, and said, you know, this man, I, I love him, Lord, and, and I want to spend time with him. And, and they, they, they've spent a couple of months praying and the Lord, the Lord has been silent. They've married the man and within a year, he's left them or he's, he's done terrible things to them or beaten them up or, or whatever. And this is a very sad thing when it happens to a believer because it could have been, it could have been avoided. It could have been avoided if you simply open up your heart, open up your mind, open up your ears to the voice, the still small voice of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the only intercessor that we have that intercesses on our behalf when we call him into agreement. Now the interesting thing here is that Jesus, of course, is part of God, is God, right? So Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the Father, they're all one. We have certain, certain denominations that believe that you can actually get a different intercessor. They believe that you can intercede through Mary, for example. And they pray prayers like, Hail Mary, full of grace. Well, you know what? Mary doesn't dispense grace. Only God dispenses grace. As a matter of fact, I would go as far as saying, that, you know, and, and, and I hope this doesn't offend anybody, but it's the scripture, that to say that God gives a person the ability, any person, especially a person like Mary who was born, she was certainly blessed, she was the, the vessel that God used to bring the Lord Jesus into the world. Okay, but she died, she's dust just like everybody else. She wasn't taken up, folks. Show me in that scripture where she was. She wasn't. And in the scripture it says, you will be called blessed. And she is blessed. She's blessed among women. Absolutely. She's the one who carried Jesus in her womb. Wow, man. But you know what? If God would have decided to use Balaam's donkey to carry Jesus in its womb, he would have done it just the same. Now, that may not sit right with some people, but this will certainly not sit right with people. If you're out there saying, Hail Mary, full of grace, pray for us, you know what? You're praying to a dead person. And God says that that's an abomination. That's an abomination. God will share His glory with no one. In the book of Samuel, Saul got killed the very next day for going to a medium who raised up the spirit of Samuel. God's not playing around, folks. You want your prayers to be heard of the Lord, then you must seek from the Lord Himself, from God the Father, through the Word given by His Holy Spirit. And He will make straight your path. Promise. 
Don't move. It's so hard for us. It's hard for me. I love teaching the Word of God. I don't know where this teaching is going to go one day. I love hanging out. I love, you know, worshiping. I love, I love it all. It's, it's great. And it's great to, to, to share the, the revelation that God has given me through His Word and, 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 and He'll give to anybody else who wants it. It's great to share it with the brethren and with those who don't know the Lord. But I don't know where that's going to go. So right now I'm doing what God wants me to do. And that's walking right beside Him. And seeking Him every day, saying, Lord, what would you have me do today? Where would you have me go? Who would you have me talk to? You know, people say, well, I don't have time for God in my schedule. No. Sorry, wrong answer. You need to make time in your God schedule for the rest of the world. You know, it's, it's a true story. My wife recently was, was very tired. And I said to her, I said to her, you know, are you, are, you in this, are, you, are you staying in the Word, you know? And she said, you know, Mikey, I've been, I've been really tired. The, the girls have been just driving me crazy. And, 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 and I, you know, by the time my, my head hits the pillow, I, I'm just gone. I'm out. I said, we need to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to wake you up and give you strength. The Scripture says that the Lord is my strength. Right? And then in my weakness, He is strong. So she started, yeah, well, you know, I, I don't know what he's going to do. I said, listen, I believe that God is going to do a miracle. That woman, for the last almost two months, has been waking up at 5 o'clock in the morning without an alarm clock. The Holy Spirit wakes her up. She goes in. She does her spiritual warfare prayer. She does some studying in the Word. Comes back, goes back to bed for another hour, wakes up. And you'd think this woman had been sleeping for the last 18 hours. <laughs> She's just so full of, and patient. I mean, you guys know. You guys know when, when, you know, they say the woman is the barometer of the household. You know when you walk into the house and the, the pressure <laughs> is really intense. And you can see it in the woman. You know, us guys, we're just chilling. Hey, dude, what's up? <laughs> you know, come on in, have a Coke. <laughs> you know, but, but when our wives are under pressure, when they're not feeling right, when they're feeling tired or what have you, it's like, hey man, come on in. She's, she's, she's on the rampage. <laughs> you know, or she, she didn't get enough rest last night. So, this is where it's important, guys, to encourage your wives, as well as yourselves, to seek the Lord. Seek the Lord. See, it's all about seeking. And when you seek, seek and ye shall find. Which takes us to the next thing. Knock and it shall be opened. And this is the last example I'm going to give you. Um, when you go to somebody's house, do you just walk up to their front door and go, uh, isn't that kind of abnormal? Don't you walk up to their house and go, so how come when we go to the Lord, we just go, does that make any sense? Sometimes we need to knock, Lord, 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 it's me, it's me. Jesus even speaks in this about a guy who's sleeping. And a friend comes knocking at the door. Hey man, I got some people coming over. I need some bread. I know it's 2 o'clock in the morning, but I got to have a party. The guy's like behind the door going, man, you better cut that out or I'm going to go out there and lose my religion. I'm sleeping, man. My kids are sleeping. My wife's sleeping. Come on, man. 
drunk want to have a party? Wanna... We, don't, we don't know how long the friend was out there doing that. But Jesus referred to him as a friend, so the guy must have stayed friendly. God wants us to be diligent. God wants us to ask. God wants to see where our hearts are at. He knows where our hearts are at, of course. But he wants you to see it. The Bible says to examine ourselves. And how do we examine ourselves? Well, we examine ourselves by spending time in the Word, by looking at ourselves in the reflection of Jesus Christ. And let me tell you, every time I look in that mirror, wow, what a difference. I come away finding just another place i got to fix, man. And that's why God wants us to seek and knock and ask. Amen? Amen? Father, we give you thanks and praise for this wonderful day. <clears throat> we give you thanks and praise for the revelations today. Lord, let these truths be sown in our hearts, Lord. Give us a hunger for your word, Lord. Be in front of us this week. Lord, let, her not, let us not just be hearers of the word, but doers also. Lord, let us go out with a fervor for you today. Lord, let us, let us just have a hunger to be in your presence. To be in the presence of your Holy Spirit. To feel that anointing of the Holy Spirit upon us. And Lord, give us favor with everywhere we go. With every people, with every person we meet. Lord, let us be witnesses to you and to your goodness, to your greatness. Everywhere we go this week. Father, we give you thanks and praise. In Jesus' name, amen.